Off the ball. Somebody says this is bizarre radio. Ice cream on a pancake. Tuna. <laughs> He's brought shame to the whole town, village where he lives. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. All right, it's uh, 24 minutes past eight. I'm delighted to say James Tracy, former Leinster and Ireland hooker, is with us to talk to us about this game at the weekend. Um, the, a team has been leaked to the papers, so we expect it to be the team because they've been very accurate recently with the teams. And um, when last you were in, you had Ronan Keller slightly ahead of Sheehan. They're both fit. Keller gets the nod. Is this, is this a, uh, are we to read anything into this or is this just selection purely for the Italy game, do you think? Uh, no, I wouldn't read anything into it. I think uh, I said as well, it's Dan's, definitely Dan's jersey at the minute. Um, but it's just an opportunity because there's so little between them. I'd say it's an opportunity to give Ron a game time and a fair opportunity to see, you know, who who is going to be the the number one going forward. Obviously, there should have been a red card for the challenge on Rob Herring, and he goes off with the HIA, and that's terrible. And there's massive fallout from that for loads of different reasons. But like uh, ancillary benefit was Keller ends up playing way more, I think, than they anticipated, and he was pretty good again. Yeah, I'd like as I said, he's like you got two Rolls Royces of uh, of hookers there, so um, it's a good time for for Irish rugby, especially in the front row. Is he fully fit? coming back into that like, is he puffing after 10-15 minutes going Jesus I just, you know, could have done with 15 minutes as opposed to 15 minutes here or is, is his conditioning like do they, are they risking him if he's not ready for the 15 minutes how does that work so I can I speak for myself in saying that you're it takes probably maybe two or three games okay. uh, to get match fit again you know you can do all of the S&C stuff you, you want but it, it's real minutes in in battle that kind of get you battle hardened. Um, now he didn't he didn't look like he was too phased, but um, maybe on the inside he was dying a bit. Uh, there's just it's just you can't replicate like scrums into running and then rucks and getting off the ground and tackling and just yeah. The other thing is, of course, um, that the ball is in play for longer and longer and longer as the rules change in Ireland. Want to keep the ball in play longer and longer and longer, yeah. and so. Um, what he might have anticipated two or three seasons ago being a 38-minute game is suddenly a 48-minute game, and you're like, oh my god! Yeah, exactly. And, and we'd be well used to that with uh, with Stewart. Luckily, that's kind of uh, what we try to do is you know keep the ball um, keep the ball moving and, and try use that to our advantage and, and be fit um, and, and like play a good brand of rugby as well. I think it's another important side of things. One of the questions we we used to do Friday night racing with um, the the top racehorse trainers was how often do you get them the horses to do the actual thing they're going to be doing and they were like almost never you you get them to a level of fitness and then you just let the last bit be there in the tank for them because you, you don't uh, extend them to that level like do you train for 48 minutes of ball in play so that when the game is in or how close to that full level of physical exertion do you ever get that is not on match day so there'd be a lot of like science and thought put into um to be parameters of certain amount of like high speed meters and meters covered and this is your GPS yeah exactly yeah and then uh, the parameters will be done off of your top speed so say a, a percentage of that would be high speed meters you know whether it be like actually 70 or 60 I'm not sure but um they don't over time they would have built like thresholds and then at least then they can monitor your uh, your level of exposure in that week and then manage your load that way and time on feet but there's actually different ways of doing it like each province would have um, you know a certain amount of time on feet 
and it could vary like a decent bit you know different coaching styles different ways of training so it's not standardised across the four provinces I always there assume. is standard there is standardised um, like the majority of stuff is standardised but, still but the time on feet right. uh, might be different for, for training times that might mean the, the metres might be you know similar enough but the time on feet out there might be like pretty vast and how lucky are they to have had the fortnights off since the French game because it did look like one of the toughest physical exertions that these players will almost ever have and, and that the ball was in play so much and just how obviously combative the whole French uh, team was. Uh, yeah, I think any like any of the kind of like top maybe six sides, if you can get a, an extra week, an extra few days in, makes a huge difference. Yeah. One, the emotional dump of you know, getting yourself up for that huge game mm. and then it's the physical side of things. Like You're not right for it two days really after after a game like that especially in the forwards anyway mm. maybe some of the backs might be okay after mm. after a day and a half um, but I know definitely front row you're, you're not you're not well for, for two days you're not you're, well well, well yeah. that's not right but like yeah, no, you're just not back though. you're not back normal or not flying or on all cylinders and just as I said you get yourself up emotionally uh, to a level and it just you're just exhausted what do you like on say the Sunday morning like you know you know the way like like to you and I if we do exercise at our age now after a of not doing anything you wake up and you can barely get down the stairs yeah. um, what do you like as a, the peak of your profession coming out of a game like that on Sunday morning yeah just sore yeah. tired Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't sleep really after a game again you're running on adrenaline for uh, for so long during it uh, that it, it, you kind of between just being bumped and bruised and, and coming off kind of that adrenaline high that you're you wouldn't sleep that well um, so you're just kind of waking up sore uh, there's kind of feeling of, of, of satisfaction though of, of job well done if you've, if you've won the game and then there's a hangover of kind of uh, like the the Sunday scaries when you're hungover it's like that fear of like the review on, on the the Monday morning um, if you've lost or you play badly but um, I have to say like there is there's a it's a very good feeling when you when you've you've won a really hard fought game. And you know you're a bit sore, but you kind of have that giddy feeling of getting back together on on the Monday morning. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's good and bad, depending yeah. if you if you win or lose. I had a question about this, the squads, right? So um, if you're in an Ireland squad at the moment and you get released back in the middle of it to play in um, the URC as it is now, what's your mindset for that? Is it like screw you? I'm going to play the greatest game of my life this weekend, or is it like? Okay, this doesn't look good for me. How do you manage that? Depends where you sit in the squad, really. I think if you feel, you know, aggrieved that you, you know, you feel like you should be starting, then you know it, it's it's the latter what you said. But uh, if you're kind of on on the outskirts, um, and you know you're you're just you know to put it in holding the tackling bag for for most of the week, uh, you know you you want to get back and play rugby again. So there's kind of two sides of the coin. Um, but yeah, it, it would depend on circumstance. I'd say. How would Joey Carberry feel last weekend? Uh, well, I'd say, in fairness to Joey, he, he's he's now he's been on, he's on the on the outside originally, so he's coming in to prove a point. That's that's where he's coming now. He's mm. coming into camp to to prove a point and and playing every time he plays for months now. He's he's proven a point. So um, I feel like that that'd be his motivation. Uh, don't obviously speak for him, but you know, if you have any sort of setback, you know. It, Ignite something in you, you know, to be, you know, he'd show how good how good you are and and prove yourself again. Big week for him in training, then, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like he's, yeah, he's every rep is important, go, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and I think as a young player, um, 
you don't realise the the importance of of not making mistakes and and having big moments in training. And I think like he'd know the importance of that through the experience he has and knowing going into every session that you, you got to show up and yeah. you, you got to be good. It was a bit of a jolt, I think, when he he ended up not being in the squad. But it's kind of what the squad needs as well, in a way. Like it's bad for him on a personal level, but the rest of the squad is going. Ooh, if I don't actually uh, make every single rep count, then I could be him. So it's because it, it looked like we were just kind of in this everything everybody knows exactly like largely you've picked the team first and we'll get to it in a second it's not a million miles away from the team that the coaches seem to have given the, the journalists so the expectation is we <laughs> kind of know everything at this stage but something like that is like oh he was kind of penciled in we knew that he was always going to be there and then he's not and it's like shit this could happen to me yeah and how good that uh, you know you get a, a reinvigorated not that he, he didn't have motivation but you have him Unbelievably hungry, and and you know some people channel it in different ways. Some people, you know, they, they they get pissed off and they use that as their energy, or they just want to show everyone um, how good they are. But like, look at Ross Byrne. You know, he he's been an unbelievable performer for for Leinster for I don't know how long um, on the outside, and he just plugged away did, doing his job, um, and he, he's been he's been phenomenal since he's gotten the opportunity. Let's look at the teams, right? So um, I think we have a graphic of your team. I'll, I'll read it out for our podcast listeners. You've got Porter, Kelleher and Bielham in your front row with Henderson coming in at four, James Ryan, captain of the team at five, it's Conan, Josh Reiner, Fleer at seven, and you've got Doris at eight. I think it's going to be flipped around in, yeah. in the team that's been um, in the papers anyway. Casey and Byrne 9 and 10 that's that's what they're going for it looks like uh, your team has Lowe, Hansen and Keenan as the back three with McCluskey keeping his place and Ringrose uh, starting and then on the bench you've got Sheehan and it's Treadwell slash Baird looks like Baird might get the nod with Amani on the bench Murray Crowley importantly is the number 10 backup and uh, you've got Bundy on the bench but it looks like Bundy's going to start in the team that's been leaked so you were pretty close yeah, not too far off. Uh, I actually had uh, Baird in six, my original. Oh, and sorry, okay. And Cone in eight. Right. It's my first draft to write it down. I'm looking there, been like, I'm missing someone. Uh, potentially player of the tournament. Uh, <laughs> missing out on my team here. I didn't even have him on the bench. I just completely forgotten about him. I was like, uh, so... Wipe so this from your CD for <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, never yeah, happened. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's something missing. Um, yeah, so anyway, I, I think Caelan will be... Too much unseen work from Caelan. Yeah. Needs to be a bit flashier. Well, yeah, exactly. No, I think he, he will be... He, I'll tip him now for, for player of the tournament. But um, yeah, I think... Uh, He's both of them have kind of interchanged between six and eight uh, for Leinster before to kind of fit them into that back row. Uh, the reason I have him as eight in my one was just that it's kind of like his jersey at the minute. It doesn't it's making a material difference really. They're both good in the line out. Um, does it change their role in any way? Yeah, it does in the line out. Right. It would, um, and it would change the role off of uh, defensive line out off of scrum. Um, it, it would just there's just different kind of roles and responsibility and responsibility exactly yeah. and uh, is it better that they're interchangeable or is it better that they know I'm six today and I'm just going to do the six thing so it's actually for so for the the back rows who can play across the back row it's a bit of a disaster in game week because they've learned three roles uh, instead of learning one you know hooker yeah you have a lot of responsibility um, but you know you got one role and that's all you can do really unless you're like Dan Jean, you probably put him on the wing, but um, 
yeah, the the back rows, it's a disaster. Their notebooks are twice as big as everyone else's because they have to learn all the different line-out calls, all the different defensive calls from right. all the different positions as well as the plays. So their uh, their week would be a little bit longer than everyone else. But on, on, on like from the interchangeable point of view, they have they do it all the time, so it wouldn't be a material difference. But I think the the natural one is probably what's here because Kalen's probably played a bit more six than uh, than Jack, but. Um, as I said, I just kind of had it there because he's it's, he's been so good. I just leave him at eight. You've got um, Casey and Byrne at nine and ten, yeah. and um, at one stage it looked like Casey was slightly ahead of Murray in the Munster pecking order, and then obviously Murray has had a, an incredible start to the tournament. So um, this this isn't in any way a significant step down, and we kind of expected this. At the same time, it's too inexperienced at nine and ten away from home in the Six Nations, so it's a proper challenge for them. Yeah, so and my, my reason for starting Casey, I would have Murray is definitely like hands down, uh, you know, probably Jamison then Murray, but Murray's been like phenomenal. But I'd have him as as my number two. But I just thought for for this sort of game, um, I think you know whoever you have Casey like deserves a run. Um, a, a start in this game and then at least you have a really good experience coming off the bench with Crowley like it's nice to, to pair up uh, the the experience with the with the guy who's had less exposure at that level especially if they're from the same club so I think that was kind of my reason for not having Murray starting with, uh, yeah. with Berm because the obvious thing would be to get their partnership going um, but I think one Casey deserves a go and then two it probably makes sense having uh the Crowley kind of Murray off the bench. We also kind of think of Ross Byrne as inexperienced somewhat, yeah. but he's not really. No, no. I think like you look at, he's played in all of the the big European games for Leinster. He's been pivotal in so many where um, we, we've been unfortunate to kind of lose Johnny early, or he's been injured. And like again, it's seamless kind of step in. He's had huge kicks to win his games. He's he's very very calm under pressure and. Sure, he's going to do a good how much job. of it is on him though? Then in the game, like as as a quarterback to make up his own mind, or how much of it is like stick to the system here? You know, stick to sort of what we're saying, and almost like don't make a fool of yourself. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, or is he confident enough to say, no, I'm going to actually put my stamp on this? Well, it'll all be kind of decided during the week. Um, you know what what's going to be our game plan versus like the type of defense you're playing against. So each team will have a certain way of doing things. Like not too dissimilar to football, where you have like a formation of 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 how you set up. Some teams will have their backfield. You know, they might only have one in the backfield, which means you know, as much as say you want to run the ball, maybe it's attacking kicks is the way you pin them back, have them second guessing, and and that's how you punish them. Uh, other teams they might have two in the backfield, and and you might be very hard at poaching the ball. So you got to play a different way against them, and other teams might not want to poach the ball at all. Mm. So you know, you, you got, you, it, it depends how they set up it'll be radically different to the France game yeah 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 it will be um, I think the the fact that like Italy will, cl- will close the wings will close quite early so I think there might be opportunities for, for cross field kicks or, or kicks in behind there but at the same time uh, I think the last time we played them in the Aviva uh, I remember watching now I don't know if, if this was what he was doing but I think Joey showed the cross field kick a lot, a lot of times and didn't and they kind of that winger then stepped out and then we t- we, we attacked that, that space in, in between outside 13 and again that's completely my analysis well, on it well, I don't know if that is exactly well, what you saw was. Finn Russell in the Welsh game for example like this is like as good a kick and maybe as you will see in terms of will will burn like look look to a lot of that and what's his what where where does he rank out of 10 in terms of that game 
uh, or taking kicking. Like oh yeah, a crossfield kick. I think uh, you know you you look at uh, Jack in in Connacht, uh, Ross, Johnny. You'd probably be like the three best like crossfield kickers. I think in Ireland anyway, and. Um, that's just like a, a repertoire in their game, and I just, for a winger, I could say it's a disaster. You know, you're you're trying to put pressure on in in getting their eye uh, as a defensive winger, thinking don't throw the pass, and then they just think it over yeah. as, as if it was, it was a kick or, or or pass itself on on the on the money every time. Um, so yeah, it's a great asset to have, especially with like different types of defenses. You need to have those attributes mm. to be able to punish them. Can I ask you one one last thing about um, Ryan Baird? It feels a little bit like um, Baird broke into the scene and was explosive and then just had a little bit of a, a dip in form but he's back now and it feels like he's kind of the back row equivalent of Sheehan where uh, maybe he's maybe he's a second row or maybe that's where he's going to have all of his, his best rugby maybe he's second row equivalent but it's just that um, I'm dying to see him in the team just to see what he can bring is, is he the freak of nature that we keep being told he is what's he like in, in training what's that like I think athletically he's an absolute freak yeah he's he's um his spring and his kind of movement jump, uh, all those sorts of movements, he's just off the charts. Um, but I think for for the balance of the the kind of back row and stuff like that, I think that definitely plays a part. That's probably kept him out and experience, and and he, he probably needs to to get a bit of a break and then yeah prove himself. Um, you know, at consistently at, at the top level, um, he's, he's definitely all the talent in the world. So that that's definitely not the issue. What's the best position? I think I think six could could be a good fit for him. I think his line out because because six is uh, is important in the in the in the line out unless you know, six or eight depending if you've a good like jump red eight then six isn't as relevant uh, or vice versa. Uh, I think he he could be a class six, but at the same time you talk about the balance of the back row. Um, if, if you know if you're to pick your your starting back row tomorrow. Um, you're probably going to have Omani six because of the the leadership he brings. I think he's a he's a good fit balance wise with uh, with the other two, and his line out is is exceptional. He's probably the best line out forward, um, definitely that I've ever like I tra- trained with him anyway. Th- through to him, um, just like off the charts good, right? Um, and his his game understanding and experience and all that's all that side of things. Um, so I think it's it's hard to get rid of him, and then like you know you've different versions of of back rows. So, you know you've you've Darson six uh, say this week hypothetically if that if that's true again it's like how do you take him out yeah so that that's that's the only reason that's what's kind of holding holding him back it's a very intense level of competition and and the final final thing is we know the team when we've known the team for all of the games and the team has been pretty accurate in advance of the team being announced this is a massive change in Irish rugby yeah um, I I think. You know they're 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 playing unbelievably well. I think they like they've nothing to hide. You know, like you know, this is their team. Uh, off we go. And I'm not sure if they are leaking it, but you know, it, it seems to be accurate. Or or the journalists are getting very good at guessing. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know, it, it's is there liberation under this coaching team that wasn't there under Schmidt. That's what I'm looking from afar. Do they feel? Is it a happier camp? Is it a more liberated camp? I don't know. Uh, it's a, it's a definitely it's a different coaching style. I think uh, Joe's kind of uh, like I touched on it before is like the the money ball style of you know he he was able to get down to the most minute bits of detail uh, 
and come up with almost like a script for the game and it was unbelievable that if you literally follow that exact script you were able to win and it was almost scary how he was able to um, analyse other teams and he knew their habits of holding and folding and how to do a move that would manipulate that certain person in certain areas of the field it was crazy um, I think this this coaching ticket it's, di- it's a different style um, I think it's it's more uh, like Andy Farrell is an unbelievable uh, he's an unbelievable speaker and, and you know you you go to war for the man just He's, he's great at galvanising people and, and the the minute detail is in there as well but it's just a kind of a different way of, of the, but this team is, it's kind of grown in and yeah. taken, taken a hold of it as, uh, at the same time as well Yeah, it feels like it's the perfect marriage of uh, time and the group and the coaching tickets and it's it was the next uh, evolutionary stage uh, Great to have you with us again James, thanks a million for that that was brilliant OTB AM with Gillette Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.